We're going to go to Luke chapter 10, verses, uh, uh, verse 2. Just one verse. And uh, it's interesting. I title this, The Prayer That God Will Always Answer. The request has to do with what you see behind me. Of course, you can't see all of it, but this room has a map from floor to ceiling of the whole world. And the Lord gives us a prayer request, something that he wants us to pray for. And it said, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send labors into his harvest. And I'm sure Jesus was probably standing in a harvest field <clears throat> that was ready to be harvested, but they weren't harvesting at the time. And he used that as an illustration about the world. God has a burden for the people around the world that do not know him. And today there is a great shortage of missionaries great shortages of people. There's a lot of short-term people, and they can do some good, but the long people that are committed long-term to a mission field will reap a great harvest, but the laborers are few. The volunteers are few. And so he said, if you are burdened for the world and you would like to see in these last days that we're living in, people coming to know Christ. We can't go to all of the countries of the world, but we can pray that God would send out laborers. And so if you're not praying, then you will not have the benefits of answered prayer. Because when we pray for a ministry or for a person, we have a, their um, ministry and what they accomplish for the Lord gives part credit. Uh, David was in battle and some of the men were way too tired to go. So he said, let these guys stay by the stuff and we will go and finish the battle. And he said, those that go and those that stay by this stuff will share equally. My wife and I are very privileged to uh, support a number of wonderful missionaries that we know personally. Uh, some were students of ours, others were friends laboring in various different types of ministries around the world. And it's such a blessing to not only be able to, to help them a little bit financially, but also to stand with them in prayer and pray that God would turn the hearts of the people that he's working with to the Lord and that they would be able to reap a harvest for Christ. It's a tremendous privilege to be a part of world evangelism. Our ministry... <clears throat> is it's kind of unique because uh, 
I have been able to travel to numerous countries of the world, but not to all of them, that's for sure. And uh, I was there basically ministering to those that were ministering, to encourage them, to share scripture with them, to pray with them, uh, to help them in difficult situations. Because the, the scripture says that, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he redeemed out of the hand of the enemy and put in the hand of Christ. When people are out there trying to grab people out of Satan's hands and put him in the Lord's hands, they're going to meet with satanic opposition. And they need people who will faithfully pray for them, that for God's hedge of protection around them and their families. When I was privileged to be the vice president of the largest mission in the world that's working in, I forget, 170 some, 174, 175 countries of the world, and last year they were able to present the gospel face to face with over 12 million people. That's a lot of people. And uh, the one thing that the president who was serving at the same time I was with this mission, when he spoke to the missionaries, he says, remember, if Satan can't go after you, he'll go after your children. And you need to pray not only for the missionary or missionaries, but also their families. Uh, children can be very vulnerable on the mission field. And pray for them, pray for wisdom with the parents. Uh, many uh, of the parents will homeschool them to a point, but because the cultures may be into are so evil that when they hit the uh, 13, 14 years of age, they will uh, send them to a missionary school so that they're not under that evil influence of that culture all the time. And those are difficult decisions for a missionary to make, and that's why you pray for them. Should they keep them where they are, or should they allow them to go to a mission school? Um, and the mission schools sometimes are not right around where they are, so the children are gone from them a long time. And it's, it's a real sacrifice uh, for the missionaries uh, to put their children in a school. And we have a wonderful couple that were translators working in a culture that was very, very evil and polluted, uh, open evil going on, and uh, they homeschooled up, I think, until about the junior high time, and they really felt that the they needed more than having the, I mean, all the kids around them, all the people around them were had no moral values at all. Well, I can't say that. They'll have some moral values, but basically not godly moral values, that's for sure. And so they had to make the very difficult choice, it was very hard for them, uh, to let their son uh, go to a mission school, uh, even though it was in the same country, it wasn't close. But the son understood why uh, it was important for him to be in another situation where not everyone was uh, totally uh, uh, empty, I guess is the word I want to say, of moral values. So missionaries have difficult choices to make. 
and you need to pray for them. And I was uh, privileged to be on a group of missions where the different executives met together and pray and what was the solution for missionaries' children coming back to America. Some children were only in America three or four times in their whole lifetime before they got out of high school. Well, three or four visits to America does not make you an American. And so we uh, came up with a new word, and the word was third culture children. These are children that are been raised in one culture, and their homeland is another culture, and they're in between. Uh, you know, you, you, you certainly don't understand American culture, and a lot of American culture you wouldn't want them to understand. So how do they make that transition? And uh, they started having uh, uh, to have a, a program for all missionary children, if they want to go, to a re-entry program to help them to kind of understand uh, what they're going to face when they are going to be living in America and their folks are not. These are kids going to college. And being a professor in three colleges, it was interesting. The missionary kids said it was so hard. They would come back and, and uh, you know, here they are, freshmen in the school. Where are you from? Well, I spent, you know, most of my life in Brazil. And they said, oh, that's neat. And that's it. They didn't want to know anymore. So it's like their whole history of living is, they're not interested in it. And that's not easy for teenagers that really don't totally identify with the American culture. And their culture is really not of interest. So these re-entry programs are very, very helpful for them to make the adjustment to a new culture. Uh, so I so much encourage you to, as a family, to say, well, we don't have a, uh, a lot of resources. Well, that's fine. Uh, but why couldn't you adopt one family, an overseas family that your church is supporting, and um, write to them, write to their kids, um, if they are in real difficult areas to send them um, candy, send them, um, you know, things that they cannot get in that culture and stay with those kids and your kids praying with them. We, um, we were adopting orphans. There was a time back where that was very uh, easy to do and we would adopt an orphan uh, at the age of our own children and they would pray for that one and write them notes <clears throat> and often um, uh, because uh, the orphanages they were in there was someone there was English and they would get little notes back from the kids and it allowed our kids to have a, a view outside of themselves a view outside of right there, the neighborhood and all of that, but getting more of a world view and pray that very possibly that God would have your own children to be a part of the harvesters 
going into the harvest field. I would encourage you, if you have children, to get them involved in evangelism. And there's a wonderful organization, and there's one in every state in the United States, and that's Child Evangelism Fellowship, CEF. And you can find them on the webpage and so on. And your kids can be trained to reach uh, other children through backyard clubs and things like that where your children begin to share Christ uh, and begin a burden for other youngsters that are lost. And it's such a joy. Our um, son was very much involved in that ministry and led many um, young people to Christ uh, by the time he was out of high school and out of college uh, through that organization. So there are many opportunities uh, to give your children a world view. And there's literature. Get a map. Pray for a country. Adopt a country that you want to pray for that country. And God will richly bless you. In the last two and a half years, God has allowed us to go on the web, which you're aware of. You're watching it. But we have an average of 60 to 88 countries a week watching our DVDs uh, from 164 countries. And in a few weeks, uh, we will have over 100,000 uh, watches of our over 100 uh, DVDs that we have on the web. And so even though now at my age, I really can't travel uh, that much. My wife is pretty much housebound. Um, and so we're trying in this little office. I mean, our offices aren't very big and they're not very special. They're not very beautiful and the furniture is not elaborate or anything. But we're able to have a worldwide outreach from this little place in Sioux City uh, through the websites and uh, with the uh, webcam and with uh, Skype, things like that. Uh, and if you have um, um, good internet access and you're able to Skype, you could even Skype missionaries on the field and talk to them and they can see you and you can see them and they can share directly with you uh, some pressing needs they have right now to trust Christ. Well, bless you as you begin to lift up your eyes to the, the world and to the lost of the world and ask God to give you a burden for a people group or in the, I forget what they call it, 38 window, whatever that's called, where so many unsaved people live and many have never heard the gospel. Uh, and it's hard to believe when we have radio broadcasts, TVs, everything with messages, computer, and all that. But there are many people that don't have access to computer. They don't have access to the message. And many of these countries are in tremendous darkness. So pray this prayer that the Lord would send out laborers. And if you do, he said, that's a prayer that's guaranteed to be answered. No, no anything. He doesn't say he's going to send laborers without someone praying for them. God bless you as you uh, 
widen your vision for a lost world.